What if once in a while we had to stick our head in the toilet and take a breath? We'd go up to someone early in the morning. It was called song fucking them. As a tie-dyed chicken that screams at you. I don't understand the purpose of that. It's actually possible for a man to lactate if you... Oh, absolutely. It was 6.38% the last time I checked. Your mother didn't regurgitate food for you when you were a baby? That is a cruel joke. Wow, 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 Smart dribble time, everyone. Kurt Schneider here, co-host along with... John Ellenthal, welcome to our weekly roller coaster ride. Uh, do you put your arms in the air or not? Um, when I ride a roller coaster, I don't think I do, but I do enjoy roller coasters. There's something about having the crap scared out of you once in a while that seems healthy. Why do we feel compelled to put our arms up? I'm not sure it does anything more, but I do. I think you are not holding on to the bar is what it is. Oh, you're sort of upping the degree of difficulty and the and the risk. Okay. I like the ones that go into the circle and you like feel the change in your pocket sort of go up and down. Those are fun. The first time I ever did a whole circle, I was at Oktoberfest in, in Munich in 1985. Not a smart thing to do, John. Go drink five or six huge liters of beer, have a rotisserie chicken and a couple pretzels, then go outside and do your first loop-de-loop roller coaster. I feel like you failed an IQ test there, Kurt. And thank you for using loop-de-loop because I think circle is probably not the right technical term. I think it is loop-de-loop. I think it is too, but we were calling it a circle, which was unsatisfying. This one might have just been a loop. By the way, do you know which knot you're supposed to use to shorten rope? The bowline. To shorten rope, it's called the sheep shank Mm. and it's basically it's very hard not to do but when you do it it's a lot of fun it's two circles that come together and you can do them repeatedly in a rope and it will shorten the rope did you eat a sheep shank before getting on the roller coaster (laughs) probably i didn't know what i ate it came off the rotisserie so kurt what's our plan for today so john today's comes from a friend of mine a very good friend of mine i was having cocktails with him last saturday by the way i was having a very good cocktail introduced to me by your brother called the Corpse Reviver Number 2, and I highly recommend it to all of our listeners. What is in it? Oh, thank you for asking, John. Mm. Well, first of all, the fact that it's Corpse Reviver Number 2, already I like it. It does raise a question, yes. I already think it's great. And it was invented in the 1880s, as you might guess by the name, to help with your hangover. It is equal parts lemon juice, Mm. Cointreau, Lillet, which is a French liqueur, which is supposed to be served très froid, very cold, and gin, all mixed together, served up, and then topped with four or five drops of absinthe. Which makes the heart grow fonder. So it, <laughs> it, it tastes good. Don't make and, me laugh. I still have broken ribs. So it, it tastes good, apparently, but does it help you with your hangover? Well, I mean, it's called the Corpse Reviver, too. Well, you know that I was injured. And so I was on a lot of Tylenol and Tylenol washes through the liver as does alcohol. So I will not drink when I'm on Tylenol. I did not have any Tylenol Fridays. So my son and I had a tequila and then another and another. And then I had a few beers, which was not smart. So Saturday, I wasn't feeling my best. Saturday afternoon, after going to the Metropolitan Museum of Art, 
we stopped by and I had a corpse reviver. Then I had a second and I felt great afterwards. Where did you get? Did you order at a bar? Yes, we sat outside and froze our nuts off. So a bartender would know a corpse reviver too. How is it different than the corpse reviver one, which was probably not called one? Different alcohol completely. It's like a completely different drink, which is amazing. It's not like there's a subtle change. It's not like vodka to gin or Cointreau to Grand Marnier or something. So let me bring your attention to a question I asked you several minutes ago. What's our plan for today, Kurt? Right. So when I was drinking my Corpse Reviver, my friend said, you know, you should do something on God's mistakes or God's jokes on us. And I said, like what? And this was his example that he gave me for our topic, the leaky penis. Um, I'm afraid to ask you to explain that. You know, it's not supposed to leak by design, Kurt. Well, and it does in every single mail. You finish peeing, and there's always a couple of leftover leaking drops. Apparently, God forgot to put the gasket in. Maybe you should use stay-free peeny pads, which are good for the last drop. That was an old SNL skit. It's an old SNL skit, because clearly this is an issue. If you're going to give credit to your friend for this topic, I think you also have to give credit to Chris Rock, who did a whole comedy bit on God's mistakes. So he is a source of inspiration for today's episode as well. So I'm starting with the leaky penis is God's mistake. I will give you one other easy one just to get you in, and then I'd like you to come up with one. This is a well-known one. God's mistake, where it's basically a joke on all of humankind. The vodka martini. You are both... (laughs) It's hard to be both a conversational contact waiting to happen and be completely predictable, which just shows your range. Oh, my God. Okay. Not an episode goes by without a dig at the vodka martini. So, so it is now me, an official episode. Give me a mistake, a God's mistake or God's joke on mankind or humankind or womankind or they kind. I get the question. Okay. The first row of seats at a movie theater. (laughs) What's the point of those? You only sit in them if there are no other seats available, and then you have to look straight up. It hurts your neck. It's a terrible experience. And you went to the movies for entertainment. (laughs) That's wonderful. I like that. You know who thought of that? You. Right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. I think that's great. Have you sat in the first row of the movie theater? I have when there's no other place to sit. It it's sucks. a terrible experience, isn't it? It's not worth it. Your neck hurts the whole time and you only see half the film. They should take those, the first couple rows out. I guess the truth is it's sort of a moot point with movie theater these days. So maybe that problem is solved, unfortunately. So I think of one, I think God decided to play a joke on mankind or humankind or womankind by, or they kind, by making... The Lion Sleeps Tonight, such a catchy tune. Why is that a trick? It's fun to say, a weem away, a weem away. Why is that a trick on us? Because it then gets gets stuck in your head forever. Years ago, we used to play this game when I was working in advertising. We'd go up to someone early in the morning. It was called song fucking them. And you put a song that you knew they didn't like into their head. And at about 9.30 in the morning, at about 4.30 in the afternoon, they came at you so angry because they couldn't get, you know, Love Will Keep Us Together by Captain Tennille out of their head. Love, love, love will keep us together. How about Tony Orlando and Don? 
tie a yellow ribbon around the old oak tree. That will song fuck you. Yeah, so there's an expression, as you know, for songs that are really bad, and they are referred to as earworms. And I have read songs referred to as insipid earworms. And I think that is a great way to characterize some terrible song that nonetheless gets caught in your head. Like anything by the Eagles. We were watching a documentary on the Reagans, on President Reagan. It's a four-part documentary. I think it's on Netflix. My wife and older son and I were watching, and we were discussing Nancy's relationship with the children, specifically Ron Jr. and Patty. And it turns out that Nancy disowned Patty even before Reagan became president. Why? Apparently, she moved in with the drummer of the Eagles. Oh, we I disowned her too. We were thinking Kurt would have disowned her as well. For sure. You know what? You and your vodka martinis and anti-Eagles, I hope you get trapped in Hotel California, okay? Oh, oh, oh. Where they serve only vodka martinis. Oh. <laughs> All right, Kurt, would you please explain to me why God invented an onion that makes people cry? What's the purpose of that? Does any other vegetable make you cry when you slice it? I actually have a theory, John. You have a theory about why onions make you cry. Please. Because onions invariably add a je ne sais quoi to any dish, right? I mean, you put onions in olive oil and the whole house smells fantastic right off the bat. Onions, onion, I'm going to tell you, onions added to any dish adds something to it. But the onion itself, eaten raw, not cooked, well, some raw is good, but eating, you wouldn't take a bite out of it like an apple, though I have. But if you did, you're not going to enjoy it because it's sort of an ugly vegetable. On Have you ever surface. taken a bite out of an onion before getting on a roller coaster? <laughs> a loop to loop, yes. At Oktoberfest? And I think it makes you cry. God does it on purpose so that you release some emotions and you become very emotional about the experience you're about to have. Are you insane? So, do you know that... Are there, are there no other vegetables that you can throw in olive oil that would create a wonderful, pungent, fragrant smell that will fire up your olfactory? Only one other. And you have, does it make you cry? Garlic. Does it make you cry? No, but it makes your fingers smell. And so you have so to, why do like you have to metal. earn it? Why do you have to earn it with the onion and not the garlic? Do you know when you fly in an airplane, the altitude adjustment, like the pressure makes you very sensitive and you cry a lot at, at any movies? I didn't know that. I thought it was because of the Bloody Marys. No, and I wept at The Parent Trap starring Lindsay Lohan. And this woman working for me at the time (laughs) came up to me and I was weeping and she saw what I was watching and she said, get your shit together, man. I think I lost a little respect there. Or she did for me. Is it my, I'm the onion guy. What do you got for me? Okay. I think a huge mistake or God's joke on us. Yes. Oceans and oceans and oceans and you can't drink them. Water, water everywhere, but not a drop to drink. Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, which I think has come up before. Coleridge? Yes, yes, and yes. All right. Oceans, John, everywhere. So what a cruel joke. You need water to survive because it's three quarters of our body. We need it for everything. And sometimes you're in a place like California where there's a shortage of it. So it covers three quarters of the earth. It's also three quarters of our body. Wild, wild association. Yes. So let me ask you this. Speaking of oceans, by the way, up to 60% of the human adult body is water. Yeah, it's actually 75. 
the brain and heart are composed of 73%. So you were probably referring to the brain and the heart, not the whole well, body. That's really, what do you need? If you don't have the brain and the heart, what do you have? Okay, I have, this is actually spark two, the ocean and the heart. I've got two of God's mistakes. Okay. Speaking of the ocean first, why is it that whales and dolphins live in the ocean, but don't have gills and have to come up and breathe air? Poor What's up guys. with that? I don't know. That's such a disadvantage. They're both mammals, right? They are. But is it just so that people who are on you know, ships can have something fun to look at? Yeah. I said that reminded me of two things, didn't I? Yeah. By the way, sea otters are very cute. Also have to come up for air. That's where I was going. Count of being mammals. Right. But if you have to live in the water all the time, it's not fair that you have to come up for air. When I was scuba diving. Think about it if it were us, okay? So we live on air. We live up above. What if once in a while we had to stick our head in the toilet or in the sink and take a breath? That wouldn't make any sense. What about poor fish, though? They're eating and breathing in wa- underneath the water and also pooping. In I know, the that's crossed my mind as well. That, doesn't, that is definitely a God trick. So you were about to talk to us about scuba diving. But before you do, I told you it reminded me of two things. And I'll yeah. never remember if we don't attend to it now. The heart and the brain, 73% water. The heart, when you have a heart attack, what hurts? Your left arm. Would you please explain to me the benefit of referential pain? where one part of your body has a problem, but you feel it elsewhere? How does that help? I think it's so you can differentiate it between gas and a heart attack. It's like a secondary, you know, nowadays when you have a password and then they have to text you to your phone as well. It's It's like a secondary authentication. Yeah. Okay. So Kurt, that's a pretty good analogy. Thank you. How about this? Mushrooms. Mushrooms are pretty amazing because- they are. Within this little fungus, three things can occur. And by the way, if you're out in the woods, you don't know which one. It is the ultimate cruelty. It can either feed you and nourish you. It can give you a hallucinogenic trip, which you'd enjoy, or it could kill you. You got a two out of three chance of a good outcome. Yeah, but that's not, it's like Russian roulette. It's more like Moscow mushroom. Instead of Moscow mule. No, instead of oh, I get it. Aha. Welcome back to the conversation, Kurt. Alliteration. I get it. Well, there was also a parallel structure. It was alliterative. That was part of the parallel structure. Kurt, we actually discussed one on our last episode that absolutely belongs on this list. Tell me. The candy cigarette. (laughs) Let's take little kids and give them candy so that they can practice the behavior of smoking so as soon as they can get their hands on cigarettes, they can do the real thing. They know how to hold it. Yeah, I think that's ridiculous. I have another one for you, too. One, this one bothers me as well. Would you like to hear it? Yes. Or would you like to give me one of yours? Well, I was just going to tell you something that we also used in a previous podcast, but is God's joke. Limburger cheese. That is, that is some stanky cheese, Kurt. Before I give you the one that annoys me, I'll tell you one that I read about that was really funny. So parrots can talk, or at least they can repeat what you said, which is pretty uncommon in the animal kingdom. So that stands out by yourself. I read someone who described the parrot (laughs) as a tie-dyed chicken that screams at you. (laughs) That is a great and colorful, no pun intended, 
description of the parrot, a tie-dyed chicken that screams at you. What's the purpose of, the, of a parrot that can repeat what you say? Only animal out there that can do it. That's got to be a mistake. Well, by the way, I think the minor bird does too. But I think that I think they've been able to solve some crimes, haven't they? By the parrot repeating what the person had said inside, like, I'm going to kill you, Joni. I'm going to kill you, Joni. I'm sure that happens quite frequently outside of a Hollywood movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, give me something else. Would you please explain to me why things are closer than they appear in the side view mirror? <laughs> what, what? Why? Why can't the mirror just reflect the actual distance? I don't understand the purpose of that. Exactly. That is, it's just like a dachshund that has no legs. Those legs are not the result of intelligent design or design of any kind. Actually, so God has had issues with, with legs, Kurt, because the dachshund looks ridiculous. I know we're going to get a lot of mail from dachshund lovers out there. I don't think but, the dachshund does as much because of ratio. I think the corgi looks ridiculous. They both look ridiculous. It is mean what happened to them. And then you got the giraffe walking around with the world's tallest legs. And look at the centipede. A hundred legs. The snake has no legs. The distribution of legs across the animal kingdom, someone may have had a few beers and a rotisserie chicken before getting on the loop-de-loop when they thought of those. I think you're right. I think they screwed up legs. We got two. I don't know if that's good or bad, but we seem to be getting away with it. In that same vein, I also think... As opposed to the vein you opened the episode up with? Which one was that? The leaky penis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if we look, they should have put a gasket on the thing. So there's no dripping. Okay. So anyway, man has a, as, or a woman or they have a best friend, dog. Yes. Dogs are cute. Dogs are fun. Dogs are great. Dogs can live in the wild when they're feral. They can do all this stuff. They can do everything, apparently, except for eat chocolate. Yeah, that's mean. That is a cruel joke. Dogs will die if they eat chocolate. It's not like if they eat snails with their heads on or something. It's chocolate. That does seem mean. Dogs deserve better than not being able to eat chocolate. Kurt. John. Would you please help me understand why we have Q-tips, but you're not supposed to put them in your ear? Because they're supposed to be used for other things, like to clean jewelry and stuff. Why do you think the Q-tip was created? And what do you think it's marketed and promoted for use of? Just the outer parts of the ear. What percentage of people, I like to ask you these questions, don't stick the Q-tip in their ear? It's got to be sub 10%. Oh, absolutely. It was 6.38% the last time I checked. Yeah, which is the amount of water content in the earlobe. So that's perfect. (laughs) So the thing is, it feels so good, and it feels so good, and then, oh, too late, and you put the earwax in, and then you can't hear. I think the instruction should be, don't put the Q-tip in your ear too far, but everyone puts it in their ear, Kurt. I agree. I agree. All right. So you'd like me to give you yet another one that I have? Yes, please. Okay. Well, <laughs> I was just thinking, it, it was a cruel joke or a mistake by God to make Beethoven death. <laughs> <laughs> Did it help his musical wonderment? I don't know. The guy didn't know. But how mean is that? You have probably what they arguably is one of the top two composers ever. Everyone else would say Mozart. I happen to think Tchaikovsky and Chopin are two of the best as well. And they don't get their just due with the first two. But anyway. 
Well, it is ironic that he couldn't enjoy his own genius, at least in the way that other people enjoyed it. I'm sure he so, in his own way. For instance, Ray Charles and Stevie Wonder, blind, but they can still hear their voice, which is what they were gifted from God. What God gave Beethoven was the most unbelievable talent to write symphonies. Symphonies don't exist just on paper. They exist to be played and ergo to be enjoyed. And how do you enjoy it? Orally, A-U-R, orally, not O-R, orally through the ear. And he couldn't hear it. Are you going to spell the entire podcast? I-C-A-N-I-F-Y-O-U-W-A-N-D. 100% deaf or could he detect some of the vibrations? Not a zero, not a thing. So that's unfortunate. I agree with you. That is a cruel joke. So Beethoven had to deal with that. And we have to deal with seedless watermelon that actually has seeds in it. (laughs) Have you bought seedless watermelon? It mostly has the white ones in there. (laughs) That doesn't make them not seeds. So it should be seed. It should be watermelon with no black seeds, only white seeds marketed as seedless watermelon. I would love to have watermelon where I didn't have to worry about the seed. And how about grapes? Some of the grapes with pits in them. Since there are seedless grapes. Let me ask you a question. Yes. Seeds are how fruits procreate. If you're seedless, isn't that like sterilizing the fruit? Then how would they procreate? Isn't it like one batch? It should be really expensive, man. <laughs> it would be very expensive. <laughs> it, would be, it would be like a, like a Lafitte Rothschild. Yes. Which, by yeah, the way, it. involves grapes. So I tied that together nicely. Mm-hmm. You've been asked, no doubt, from time to time to give a toast with an alcoholic beverage. This is a simple yes or no question. Answer honestly. Have you ever said as part of your toast, may all your pain be champagne? Oh my God, never. I've never even heard that. Okay, that would be a no. And all of my toasts, they might not be good, but they're all original. That means you've lost the option of saying, may all your pain be champagne, because now you've heard it before. That's okay. So you wake up in the morning next to that special somebody, and can you greet them with a good morning kiss? No. Why not, Kurt? Because of morning breath. Unless, of course, you're on a TV show or in a movie where they don't apparently have morning breath. You have to go into the bathroom and brush your teeth before you can give a proper good morning to somebody. Does that make any sense? Zero. I think that's excellent. Morning breath. Of what we're talking about. It's not excellent to have morning breath. It's an excellent example. Thank you very much, Kurt. So I saw meatloaf once. Cool. I think he lived locally. He did. He lived in uh, Stanford. Ready. Oh. So anyway, I saw Meatloaf. It was part of a Globetrotter thing I was part of. And we were chatting, having a great talk. And someone said, we need you guys in there. And I said, Pete, we got to go. He says, what are you talking about? I said, we're late. We should go like a bat out of hell. And he said, ha, ha, ha. And then I said, by the way, if the Globetrotters lose this one game, it's all right. You know why? Two out of three ain't bad. And he's like, enough already. If I haven't heard this my whole life, shut up. Something about, and there ain't no Coupe de Ville hiding at the bottom of your Cracker Jacks box. Those lyrics are hard to, hard to come up with unless you've had a hallucinogenic mushroom and or five or six beers at Oktoberfest and then taken a loop-de-loop roller coaster ride. Then you can come up with lyrics like that. Kurt, we haven't even mentioned why men have nipples. Has a man ever lactated? It's actually possible for a man to lactate if you smoke way too much marijuana. I learned that on the internet. You could, a, 
<laughs> Could a man lactate and breastfeed a baby? I don't believe so. I think men have nipples because at that point, when nipples are part of a gestation period, the whole making the baby a certain sex thing hasn't taken over completely. But, but what I bet you seahorse men have nipples because don't the seahorse men birth the babies? I, I believe they do. I or believe males. seahorses do are the ones that give birth. So I'm a bit disgusted by the fact that rabbits are need to eat some of their own poop in order to fully digest their meals. That does seem like a cruel trick. Or Imagine if we were like that. Actually, don't imagine if we were like that. That's not a fun thing to imagine. Or the seagull's baby who eats by pecking on a red spot on the mother seagull's beak, which causes her to vomit in her mouth and open up so the babies can eat it. Your mother didn't regurgitate food for you when you were a baby? No. So listen, I think we have definitely broken some new ground here, Kurt, in terms of cruel jokes that God has played on man and on the animal kingdom as well. I think the fact that camels are cute, but then they spit at men and women and they is very funny. Spitting at people. Yeah. All right, listen. We didn't even talk about the Yugo. The car? Yeah. From Yugoslavia? Yeah. I don't know where it was from, but yeah. Like I said, I think we broke some new ground here and uh, came up with some good ones. And they were entertaining. I hope that our listeners found them entertaining. Kurt, did you enjoy yourself? Loved it. And we thank our listeners for coming up with topics for us. This was a great one. Give us other ones. Give us ideas at smartdrivel.com or on any of our social media. It's all at smartdrivel. You know why? Because at smartdrivel, we promise the drivel, John. And we and hope we for hope the smart, Kurt. That we do, John. I want to say goodbye to all of our listeners. Before we say goodbye, I want to let everyone know that Kurt and I will be back next week with a brand new episode of Smart Drivel. Until then, we hope your week is filled with Smart Drivel. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Goodbye, drivelers. Ciao. Ciao.